I'm very sure you have an important life, but whatever you are doing, stop and pay attention. It's the afternoon, a podcast with Brent and Robbie. Welcome to the Afternooner Sports Podcast. I'm Robbie. With me, as always, is Brent. Brent, happy February. Hey, Robbie. How you doing? Good. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. I should have said I'm doing well. Don't do this. Just stop. Don't do it. Do you want to start over? Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm just, I don't want to walk down some ridiculous path of grammar. You, as an English professor, do you get that a lot where people expect you to correct their grammar or defer to you when they, did I say it incorrectly? I mean, you, you teach, you teach grammar. I would be fine if they were actually asking me a legitimate grammar question, but generally it's just some, some hyper fake, it's a fake hyper consciousness about their own spoken language. I mean, I know you're an English professor, and so I probably said that wrong, or I don't want to say this around you, you'll probably correct me. I have never corrected your grammar ever. Why would you say such a thing? But do you get, do you get that? Do people actually say that to you? Yes, people say things like that. Down at the end of the table is Sunday School Billy wearing a nice Henley t-shirt. Not only am I wearing one of my most comfortable t-shirts, but I also am comfortable in that all of my teeth are still in my mouth. I have no extra teeth, as I think you all claimed a few weeks ago, and I've not lost any teeth, as I believe you all claimed last week. I, I'd, I'd say something, Billy, but you're probably just going to correct my grammar, so I'm just going to stay quiet about <laughs> it. Wait, so if you didn't have a teeth problem... Why didn't you join us at the podcast last week? Last week, I was up at Cedar Bend for the weekend on a retreat of sorts. It was a very relaxing, fun time. Got to do some cross-country skiing. So that part of the story that Brent told on the podcast was true. I didn't tell the story. You told the story. Billy listened to the podcast long enough to know that you're the one who brought up the tooth thing, right? You brought it up. I, I brought it up. Yeah, I brought it up. I brought it up. But you were the one telling me he was at a work ski retreat. Yeah, ski which trip, means right? I told the truth. He was at a work retreat. I, I believe two weeks ago in our pre-episode conversation or post-episode conversation when we were discussing when we were going to record the next episode, that I said I wasn't sure when I was going to be back on Sunday. It might be late. Might you know The Super Bowl might get, be in the way. And I believe we left the studio there not having nailed down a time. And I said hey, just send me a text. Maybe I'll be able to make it. I'm not sure. No, the last thing you said to us was, I if said, you guys I have to do it without me, I get it. Yes. And that was it. I assumed that the text statement also went along with that of, hey, send me a text. But if you guys have to do it without me, just that's fine. I understand. That was a run-on sentence, Billy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Was that actually a run-on? You can't really have a run-on sentence when you're speaking. But hey, so no one really? cares is about- that a, Is that a challenge? Because I think I could live up to that challenge if I were to just continue talking no, for a really that, long No, that time is absolutely and- a- I, I, will, I will stand by that. You cannot have a run-on sentence while you are talking. After Gooners, anybody want to challenge that? If you're a grammar, grammarian- Grammarian is grammar- right. Grammarian. I mean, it's also- Grammarian. That's the runner-up to when we rename the Carolina Panthers, uh, the Casseraries, Casseraries. Casseraries. It's going to be the Casseraries, but our runner-up mascot choice is the Grammarians. If you're a Grammarian out there, call us <laughs> at 517-798-6187 and let us know 
if Billy can speak a run-on sentence into existence. I mean, if you're calling a run-on sentence just a sentence that just keeps on going, but that's not what a run-on sentence is grammatically. Anyway, wait for the grammar rodeo. That's when we'll deal with this. We should, people don't want to hear about our squabbles. What they want to hear about is the progress we're making in our other business as part of the Afternooner LLC, which is involving weddings. Well, I think people do want to hear about that. I also think all of the Aftergooners out there laughed when you said they didn't want to hear about their our squabbles because I think they absolutely want to hear about our squabbles. That's what 90% of our the show is. You guys just spent the first 10 minutes squabbling about grammar correction and, and uh, my about, teeth being pulled out. More like five minutes. But so where were you, where were you then? We recorded the podcast. Ten, it, was, it was 10 minutes, Robbie. We recorded the podcast right before the Super Bowl, about maybe five o'clock. Billy? It was right before the Super Bowl. And so yes. you're trying to tell me that you were not still on your ski retreat? I think we got back around two thirty or three. Why didn't you text us and say you were back? Because I assumed when I said, "I like what you did there, Brent." I, I saw how you kind of really put put that back on Billy. No, well, that's it's a fair question. That, that is a fair question. I could have shot you guys a text. Hey, I'm back from my trip. Let me know if you're planning on recording in thirty minutes. Is this because a whole bunch of people told you that last week's podcast was their favorite? <laughs> no, but I have only had one person ask me about my teeth. Whereas the previous tooth episode, I think I had seven aftergooners ask me how my teeth were doing. <laughs> you were destined to actually have some sort of tooth problem that we talk about on this podcast, and no one no will one, care. Yeah, because no one will care. We cried wolf too many times. The podcaster who teeth. cried tooth. But let's talk about our new business <laughs> ventures because we we've talked about getting in the wedding entertainment field with Billy being a MC. I would DJ, and Robbie, you're sort of the wild card. My role was ill-defined. Well, I, I like the idea of you seducing different middle-aged women at the wedding reception, you know just to help keep them entertained. You know who's not a fan of that, that uh, role for me? My wife. Well, no one's saying anything is happening. We're just saying you're, you're, you're just sort of a reception gigolo i just <laughs> maybe a different word <laughs> doesn't maybe, th like that doesn't that make it a little a reception concierge <laughs> or reception escort aide de camp aide de camp nice a reception aide de camp which is in no way i'll take it okay well uh, you're, you're just the wedding aide de camp which means we can throw you in whatever role we need like so we do have a gig on april 13th a legitimate gig yeah where you billy are emceeing and I am going to DJ, and Robbie, just so you know, although you don't know the people that we are doing this for, mm -hmm. you have received an, an invitation. Oh, on, that's nice. On one condition, though. Oh. So as aide-de-camp, you know, you fill in many roles. My shirt's staying on. Just that's for the record, <laughs> my shirt's staying on. Well, that's not like every other wedding I've been to you with. But their request is that you are allowed to come and do your aide-de-camp duties as you normally would. So long as you do your total eclipse of the heart air band rendition. But I'm doing this with you. Yeah, yeah. But you have I mean you play lead on that. So, so I'm not I'm not really singing it. It's just to clarify, it's uh lip synced. It's lip synced, yes. Because this is very important because our other podcast business, April 15th, only two days after this wedding event, we are singing the national anthem at the Lansing Lugnuts game. First I've heard about it. Really? Inform me. 
You, I, I assume you guys talked about this extensively in last week's episode. You listened to the podcast. I like how he pretends that he didn't listen to it three times. <laughs> I, I, I actually in the didn't. Dark. I actually didn't listen to. It. <laughs> I was trying. Laces out on the walls. <laughs> so here's here's my my concern was if I actually had to sing that. My voice would be shot then for singing at the baseball game. I've got I've got like about one performance in me a weekend, and then my voice is done. No, no, you, you the only thing that's required of you is your hips on Friday because you gotta you're gonna be air banding or lip syncing, whatever you want to say. Total eclipse of the heart, and so again at different weddings as the aide de camp, you fill in however you're needed, and in this way you're needed to perform total eclipse of the heart. So uh, you're DJing this wedding, though. Yes. Now, when we, you and I have done that air band lip sync to that song before, yes. you have played the piano and, and, drums. and drums at the same time, which is an impressive feat. Thank you. But you're going to be on the turntables. Are you telling me you're going to be doing the turntables instead of piano and, and drums? I can, well, I can yeah. fill in on the turntables okay, while good. you guys go out for the performance. But do we know where this is taking place? Yes, it's, it's taking place in Battle Creek, Michigan. Okay. At a some kind of reception hall. I don't know. Probably some abandoned campground. Great. <laughs> also, are we practicing for the lug nuts game? I hope so. Well, all four of us will be at that wedding. So that'd be a good time to start practicing well, two right, days before. Right in front of a microphone. Why not? I, every wedding reception I've been to has started with the national anthem. Otherwise, what are we? Communist Russia? If you're going to start a sporting event with an anthem, you start a wedding reception with an anthem. So we can practice right then. Yeah, those things are synonymous in my mind. I don't know what your guys... I wasn't at your all's wedding. Actually, there's I, a winner. I actually was at yeah, Billy's wedding. <laughs> I, was, I was there too. And much like sporting events at weddings, there's a winner and a loser. That's right. Well, oftentimes the loser is sitting in the pew crying in the yeah. back, being like, I... Very loudly. He was the one that got away. So the have the people that are... This wedding reception is for... Have they seen... Were they at our performance where we've done Total Eclipse of the Heart together? They have seen it. They've seen on the video. video and they loved it and they want to perform at their wedding. And the only <laughs> reason that I'm emceeing is because our church's priest talked to them about me emceeing at the wedding in Kansas because he had heard about it on the Afternooner podcast. Look, it's marketing gold. If you have a business that you want advertised on the Afternooner, look at the example we just gave you. We have a wedding gig. It's pretty much the biggest party of the year, and we are the hosts. And actually, I am locked up for two weddings coming up this year. Are you getting paid for that second wedding? Uh, I'm kind of assuming like maybe a gift card. Gift uh, card? Yeah. A Visa gift card? Yeah, something that you're like, are you going to get like Panera Bread? 20 oh, bucks. I was hoping for White Castle. White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the great Whitey Casals. A Crave Case. A crazy case of 30 sliders. Are we carpooling to the Lugnuts game? Yes. Yes. Our families are going. I, I think the, the word is not carpool. The word is caravan. Because oh. our families are, are caravanning. Going. So we get, uh, the, the singers, the performers get free tickets okay. to the game. As aide-de-camp to the wedding reception, we should probably get some of those, see if Robbie can get some of those flags that you put on cars when they're in funerals. So we can just blow through all the... Uh, but they're going to be afternooner flags. Yeah, we just blow through all the lights on our way to Lugnut Stadium. How much are Lugnut's tickets? It's free for us. But, but our for families. the caravaners, caravanese. No, they're just walking in with us. Like, like <laughs> this, We are walking in like Floyd Mayweather yes, walks into a boxing ring. All four of us are going to have fur coats on. Uh, two of us will have feather boas. <laughs> well, one of us is Eugene Debs, remember? <laughs> That's right. Edward Snowden. 
Francis Marion and Bill, Larry Johnson. Billy's uh, Francis Marion. Billy right? is Francis Marion. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you want full season box tickets to the Lansing Lugnuts, it's only seven hundred eighty-five dollars. That that is only being purchased by a company in Lansing, right, Robbie? I would think so. It's hard to imagine an individual being that big of a fan of single A baseball that they're going to spend eight hundred dollars on. Especially, I don't know who buys season tickets anymore. I don't think none of us go to all that many sporting events live in a season. But how many people are? When you do, you're getting tickets on what is it? StubHub. Um, what's the other? Uh, SeatGeek. You're getting tickets on uh, the resellers marketplace. I hate both of those websites. Yeah, Can they're I say not. That? They're not good. Yeah, you told me when you got tickets to was it Phantom of the Opera? Phantom of the Memphis? Opera. Yeah. You said you went to those sites. The tickets were expensive. And then you looked at the the T- feeder, just, just Ticketmaster, and it was cheaper to just buy directly from Ticketmaster. I got the same tickets, like in terms of like the same rows, just straight new tickets from Ticketmaster with all those crazy charges, the Ticketmaster charges that they've been sued over. And had to have lost a class action lawsuit. Doing it that way was still cheaper than going through SeatGeek and StubHub because people just put their tickets on there and then increase the price by like 250%. So my wife is a big fan of Brandy Carlisle, a uh, a musician. Belinda Carlisle or Brandy Carlisle? Brandy Carlisle. No relation to Belinda Carlisle. Though if you want to break into... Circle in the sand. That's the only Belinda Carlisle. Interesting. I really thought you were going to go with Ooh, baby, do you know what it's worth? We'll oh, make yeah, that's... heaven a place on earth. They say in heaven, love comes first. We'll make heaven a place on earth. Hey, can I ask you a question about weddings? Because I'm just thinking about that song and weddings. Yeah. As a DJ, I feel, I'm starting to like really work on my craft in my bedroom by myself. Well, I saw you negotiated 10% song choice at this wedding that we're DJing. It's actually a right? little high. I went a little higher than 10%, but Ooh. yes, I, I will absolutely obey their playlist, but they're, they're getting some Brent in that playlist too. So if you were thrust into the DJ, let's say you're in hell and say like it is, it is a mistake. You were not supposed to be put in hell, but you have been sent to hell. And for some reason, you are DJing a wedding in hell. I don't know... Who who gets married in hell? Nope. Nope. Nobody. Nobody? Who? Satan. Just Satan? Satan and who? Uh, whoever he forces to marry him? Cleopatra. Sure. Wait, Let's... Cleopatra's in hell? I don't Bonnie know. Bonnie and Clyde? Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde. Just Bonnie. Just Bonnie and Satan. And Clyde's the best man. Okay. <laughs> Satan so, didn't give him a choice. So Satan and Bonnie are getting... Married, and Satan says, I know it was a mistake for you to be here. So I'm going to give you this opportunity. You have the chance to put one song on. And if you can get 90% of this wedding, of the wedding guests, and let's assume that the wedding guests in hell are the normal demographic of any of the weddings we would go to, Mm. which doesn't say much about us, I guess. But what song, your soul, your eternal soul's resting place is depending on a song that you choose that gets 90%. Now, I, I, I've thought about this already. So I know some of you might think, well, doesn't everybody love like YMCA or something like that? But I think you're going to have a lot of people not wanting to do that. Or you might pick some really popular hip hop song right now, but then you're going to lose an entire generation of people who won't go out and dance. So you really got to think about 90%. It's crossing generations. It's crossing gender lines. So what song would you choose to try and bridge 
all of those different demographics. Billy? The national anthem. Because <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it 90% participation? Or... What are what are I'm looking for a I'm looking for a loophole in I the contract. I think in the sort of like uh, interactions with the devil that you see in sort of the devil went down the Georgia kind of stuff. He generally does get tricked at the end, and perhaps this is Billy's way out mm-hmm. of the netherworld is to trick him by having the national anthem played. And he's like, "I meant dancing, but you didn't say that," and yeah. you get you get out. All right. If if he uh, if he retcons that and says, "Nope, that doesn't count," then I would do shots. Shots. What yeah. is shots? That's. I think that's really the only. It's you know the song shots. Maybe I, you could play a little bit for us, Brent. I no, I can't because I don't even know what song that is. Some peppy, you know, it's like a pop rap. Shots. You are going to stay. <laughs> well, no, because the national <laughs> as, anthem works as, as the ring bearer of Beelzebub. <laughs> For the rest of your soul's no, existence, because the national anthem works. Uh, all right, so fair enough. You you tricked you tricked the devil. Tricked now him. the devil's angry. Yep. He looks to you, Robbie. There's no way you can sort of finagle out of this deal. You better have a song that gets ninety percent of the people onto the dance floor. Ninety percent. Go. So I've got two, and I'm not you, sure which. I think both. Uh, you got to choose. Well, he whispers I'm to Brent. Say, both my second songs. choice. My second choice is the electric slide. Because I think it's got to be simple enough and catchy enough that people will get up, oh, I'll dance to that. So I'm, I probably, the right answer for me is probably the electric slide. But for the sake of the podcast, the answer I'm going to give you is the Macarena. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> There's no way. You're getting, you're like with, with Tantalus and Sisyphus <laughs> in these deep, deep corners of hell. See, here's the, here's what's, I, you said you don't want to choose the YMCA, but I, and I said electric slide. That's my, after YMCA, that's my second choice when you phrase the question, because the songs that are going to be, get people up to dance and that people would know are these songs like, oh my gosh, do I have to, the YMCA again? No. So I was, I was driving to get takeout Chinese for my wife and I last night. And as I was driving, this was all I was thinking about. I'm sure I'm just driving through red lights. There's just cars smashing behind me. I'm not even aware <laughs> because I'm thinking about this. And, and all are after, after Gooners out there, what would be your song? Tweet at us. At the Afternooner. Or call us. 517-798-6187. Because it's not fair. I've had more time to think about it. But I, this, is the, this is the song I came up with in the car on the way to the Chinese restaurant. Mm. Are you ready? And I stand by it. And I think, like, if I'm somehow in this situation, this is legitimately what I'm going with. Brown-Eyed Girl, Van Morrison. Oh, that's, uh, that's a good choice. Because I feel like everyone, can, everyone likes that song. Everyone likes that song. It's not gimmicky that annoys some people. And... I, I think 90% are da- people who want to slow dance can be dancing together as a mm. couple to that song. People who want to dance with friends can be dancing together. It's a lovely song that's just the right tempo. Brown Eyed Girl. Does Journey's Don't Stop Believing fall into that category as well? Only if you're in South Detroit. I think it's nice. Thank you. I think it's a hard song. To, is that song to dance to? See, I, I mean, think- you know, people get on the dance floor. That, that's a song everybody participates. Again, it's a participant. I'm really good at picking out participatory songs. Oh, like that's the. I mean, that's the problem with Brown Eyed Girl. I think it's a hard song to dance to. I think you, it's a of anything we've mentioned. It's the best choice that's going to transcend musical generations. But I think it's a hard song to dance to. Like when I hear the song, do I think am I going to get up and dance? No wait. All right, I, I disagree. We're going to play it here for a second. 
and I'm going to show you how you dance to this. The waterfall with you, my brown eyed girl. We used to sing sha la 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 just like that sha la 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 So all you have to do to that tempo is just swing your hips back and forth and you can see your arms just sort of move up and you get a snap like it's a great song for our listeners out there brent just did the carlton here in the studio (laughs) it's the carlton works for the brown eyed girl you just slow it down a little bit the song i i did think however a second one i do have a second one i just thought of okay and it's um shout shout tears tears for fears what's there no you put your hands up and shout shout. let it all out that's that shout no not tears for Shout! You put your hands up and shout. I don't know what that song Wait, is. That's I know what song. Yeah. But who sings that I'm ta- one? I'm talking about a little bit loud and. That's now. the one. That's what I was doing. That's what you were doing. That actually, I'm gonna. This is better than Brown Eyed Girl, and I love Brown Eyed Girl as a song. Of all the songs we mentioned, it's the best song that's in the wedding rotations, uh, or one of the better songs in a wedding rotation reception rotation. But that song, everybody puts their hands up there. It gives you enough lyrics to give you motion, to tell you what to do while you're dancing. And everyone gets softer, gets lower. It's great. It is fun. It's a lot of energy in that song. Who's, a lot who of sings energy. that? Who sings it? I don't know. Twist and Shout is the Isley Brothers, and I don't know who does Shout. I don't know. Never gonna give you up. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it outdoes Shout or Wait, Brown Eyed Girl, but Rick I think Astley? that's a yeah, yeah, yeah Rick, Rick Astley. Astley. We, that's a great one. Thriller by Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's another good. Are you? Did you just look something up? Like well, the best the, <laughs> so the thriller one is not mine, but the I like how the he never, just just for the record, he just pointed at his temple as if he's coming up with these oh. off the top of his head. But he's clearly reading a list right the, now. The Rick Astley one was off the top of my head, but then right before I had come up with that one, I did type a list uh, uh, or type in all time most popular songs. So tell me what you guys think of these ones then. So there's Thriller. Good, yeah, that's good. Like a Prayer by Madonna. Yes, that's a wonderful but you also, song. But you also have to think, what's going to get up the people that are 90 years old in hell? You're absolutely right. It's not the song I'm choosing. <laughs> that are 90 it... years old in hell. <laughs> and they just stay that age. People that's... that are like the Bill Haley in the comments as their wheelhouse, are those people going to get up for Like a Prayer? Well, that's what's great about this sort of era of early rock and roll is, even if you don't know it, it's such a simple song Easy tempo to dance to. It doesn't require a lot. But it's a great song, but it's not what I'm going with. Um, also, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Yeah, that's another good one. Mm-hmm. It's another good one. Still not the one I'm... Ch- I, sure, n- nothing, these are good those ones. Those are not feeding Brown Eyed Girl or Shout. Did you find out who sang Shout, by the uh, way? I can try. Shout. Utter a loud call or cry, typically <laughs> as an expression <laughs> of a strong emotion. Not the catchiest band name, I'll be honest. <laughs> The Isley Brothers. No, that's Twist and Shout, isn't it? That's that's what came up here. That's not the song we're talking about, though. A Put little bit shout louder now. a little bit louder now and see what no, comes that, up. That's oh, the, this says the Beatles. No, that's still Twist and Shout. I'm No, but the lyrics here, a little bit softer now. You make me want to shout. I'm, I'm just, I'm reading, 
That's so. It's the Isley Brothers or the Beatles? Songwriters: well, O'Kelly Isley, Ronald Isley, Rudolph Isley. Okay, but that's that song is artist. The shake Beatles. Shake it up, baby. Now shake it up, baby. Twist and shout. Exactly. Twist that's the Isley Brothers song. That is not the shout song we're talking about. Put come on, come shout. on, come on, come on, baby. Now, oh man, come on, we're gonna babe. walk it on out. As popularized by Ferris Bueller's you Day Off. You know you look so good. I'm looking at you, Billy. The you idea that so Ferris good. Bueller popularized that song <laughs> is absurd. <laughs> so we're at, we've apparently beat Google here. We can't figure out who wrote the song Shout. I, I think it's the Isley Brothers. They wrote two Shout-oriented songs? I, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it. I found it right here. All right, because we are... I'm getting lost This here. has been extremely confusing, but Shout, you know... A little bit softer now. That's your choice song, right? Yeah. That yeah. is the Isley Brothers. That oh. is, in fact, the Isley Brothers. All right, all right, okay. But I understand why you're confused, because Twist and Shout is a 1961 song written by Phil Medley and Burt Burns, later credited as Burt Russell. The song, though, was originally recorded by The Top Notes, and it became a chart hit as a cover single by, you guessed it, the Isley Brothers. So the Isley Brothers are involved in two Shout-related hits. Yeah. Did they have a third? And was that th- did that third song use the word shout in it? Can I tell you what the first three albums released by the Isley Brothers are titled? Oh my gosh. If shout is in every one of these. Listen, the first one is shout, exclamation mark, <laughs> in 1959. 1962, twist and shout. <laughs> and then 1963, they released an album <laughs> titled Twisting and Shouting. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Close the door on this. This is my favorite rock band of all time. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> it was just, a, no, it's like a sequel, right? Like Shout was a huge hit, and then, hey, it's the sequel. Were, were they new to the English language, and they only learned like 12 words, and Twist, twist and, and, and shout. shout were the three of them? Hey, so I can just imagine some music exec walks in. Hey, guys, hey, hey, brothers, brothers, Isley. But I listen, listen, that first album, we only had one song that was a big hit, Shout. So this next album, we've got a song for you. It's called Twist and Shout. Just a little play <laughs> off it, little play off words, but people resonate with you guys when you're shouting. So let's do some more shouting on this next album. That was a brilliant marketing scheme, though, to release that the same year as Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I just didn't realize <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off was so old. 1962 is it's a while ago. Okay, so... Back to it, it sounds like as a consensus, since we are in the same wedding entertainment company, we turn to the Prince of Darkness and say, Shout by the Isley Brothers. This is, we can all agree upon this. Yeah, of the, of the, the songs na- we've discussed, I think that has the best chance of getting, uh, getting us out of hell. Unless okay. his language is you need to get 90% of the people to participate in. You're, you, this th- song, and then I go with the national anthem. <laughs> your hypothetical was just getting them off onto the dance exactly, floor. Exactly, because I do think how many people in this hypothetical scenario, this wedding of the damned, how many are Americans? Oh, I thought I, th- I thought this was just like a. I thought hell was sort of broken up by country. It, it might be. Time will time will tell. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's. Uh, Let's get to the world of sports. Wait a second. Wait. I, I'm sorry, Robbie, but you mentioned a story before we started recording, and your vein, you you legitimately have a vein in your forehead. This is- uh, And your vein started popping, and I said, save it for the podcast. So Billy and I both do not know this story, but you've got a story that really 
burns your butt. Yeah, I don't know if this is a story as much as a uh, Bolton's butt is burning or burning Bolton's butt, whichever. What, I think it was burning Bolton's butt. I, I think we've said it both ways. Always happy to have another installment. So one thing, one thing we have had a huge snowstorm in the Midwest just this past uh, past weekend. And our road didn't get plowed, but that didn't stop our mail carrier from trying to deliver mail. The mail must go through, they right? They have to. It's right on the building. Well, apparently they don't have to because if the street's not been plowed, they don't have to go down it. The, wait, the, on the I'm on just, the U.S. Postal, it's like neither rain nor sleet nor snow. I'm just telling you what they've said, what I've discovered right. uh, since this incident. All right. So the mail lady comes down our road in her truck, turns around, stops at our mailboxes, puts all the mail in, and we're watching her from the window because we're just like, geez, I'm there with my kids. She's going to get stuck. And sure enough, she can't She can't get away from the mailboxes. She got too far on the shoulder. She's stuck in this unplowed road. She's on one of these little Jeeps. Yeah, one of the, the little yeah. trucks, little trucks. So we're watching there for a minute. And she just spins her tires for about three minutes. And the whole time I'm thinking, oh, I should go out and just offer to push. And and I love helping people when their their cars are stuck in the winter. I, I I honestly feel like one of a a great job in life would just be like going around during snowstorms and helping people push out of the snow. Yeah, I love it. I I'm never gonna stop and help someone when their car is smoking. I don't have that skill set. But hey, I can push from your behind your trunk. I can push and help you get out, get from unstuck from the snow. Robbie, question: What if they are unconscious in their car and the car is smoking? I just uh, I mean, maybe I could p- pull them out. I, you still I don't, don't know. have that skill set. He assumes they're homeless and asleep. Mm. <laughs> probably the just smoking. Start, probably just started a fire inside yeah. the car to keep warm. <laughs> warm. <laughs> so I'm watching. I'm like, uh, I should go get my my boots on and go out and try to help push push her and get her going again. And I'm like, Murphy's Law. As soon as I get my boots on, she's gonna get out and pull away. Wait, that is Murphy's Law. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, wait, as wait, I've heard wait, it, as yeah. I've heard it. Wait, no, that's se- it. wait a second. That's it. Murphy's Law is something along the lines of if it something that bad cap happen can happen, it will happen, right? I just, Murphy's just Law. In this, I, in this scenario. <laughs> Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So just, just to back up, your version of Murphy's Law in this event is that you put your boots on... <laughs> Hey, and she's well, able to get hey, out. So you're an English professor. Tell me what I, what analogy I should have used instead, or what <laughs> law I should invoke. I so, but I, I didn't want to put my boots on because I know as soon as I put the boots on, I'm gonna go out there and the the car's gonna be unstuck. But sure enough, I go out there, the car's still stuck. I go up and and I could see her from the window. She realized she's stuck and she's like punching the steering wheel. Wow. Yeah. So it's probably it is a terrible snow day. It's probably the not the first time she got stuck in the snow delivering mail that day. Do you feel guilty? Is there guilt on? No, I don't feel guilty. I'm going out to, I'm going to be on a good Samaritan here. She's in trouble. Okay. I'm going out to help. All right. And so I go out to help. I, I actually get to open her van door because she, with the side with the mail on it, which is the driver's side. Wait, it's, she's in a van? Or it's like a, a, a truck. It's like a truck, okay. a small truck. All right. Because she's on the passenger side because they're all steering wheels on the passenger side. So I'm on the, I open the door, all the mail's there. I could have taken it all with me. Which would have been amazing. <laughs> and, and I said to That's her, a I was new like, part of the podcast. We just go through people's letters. I said to her, I was like, Hey, uh, how about I give you a push here? I think we probably could get it out, you know? And she looks at me. She's like, oh, I've already called a tow truck. And so now I am feeling bad because I'm like, I should have acted faster. I should have came out quickly. And I was like, well, do you want me to help you? Maybe we can call, we can get you out and then you can uh, call them back and tell them not to bother. And she's like, no, I'll actually get fired if I let someone help me get unstuck from the snow or a ditch. 
get fired. She said, get fired. I was like, wait, I'm like, I'm standing there with my mouth agape. I'm like, wait, did you say get fired? Like, so I can't help you right now. She's like, no, sorry. Sorry, I really can't. It's against it's against policy. You, you're sounding, I mean, your impression of this woman is that she's- She was kind. Yes, kind. She was yeah, kind. Okay. She was kind. And, and I'm like, uh, so I'm going out here trying to be a neighbor, trying to be just a member of the community in which I live. And the USPS- United States Postal Service, Thank for those you. of you uninitiated you. <laughs> with acronyms, they they just want they just have bureaucracy. They don't care about neighbors. They don't care about communities. They don't want people helping them. We're gonna call and we're gonna waste our. This is why stamps cost as much as they do because they waste it on tow trucks. I totally understand where you're coming from. Maybe the next time you're at your church doing trunk or treat, you can <laughs> you know talk to people about this lack of community or involvement with the people oh, around them. Oh man. That now we got part two of burning Bolton's butt. <laughs> but I mean, that totally makes sense because the reason she can't let people help is just because of liability. It it makes sense, but, but I mean, Robbie, your point is that it's so inhuman. Right? Yes, this, exactly. This fear of litigation, this divorce of people within the community is inhuman. Like it's just, I'm a human being. I will not sue you. You're a human being. You're not going to get mad at me. We can just do this between the two of us. I would have said to her, "Well, how about if I just tip your dang truck over?" <laughs> I mean, w- that's, will, you, will you get fired for that? Uh, that's uh, kind of how I felt. I did wonder if she has been stuck already once today because mm. she was the substitute mail carrier. And so I'm like, man, that has that has to be awful if you have to call into Dispatch Central or whatever they call it at the USPS and say, hey, I got stuck again. Can we call another tow truck? Wait, doesn't if she's a substitute driver, doesn't that mean that not only does the mail not have to go down an unplowed street, but that means mail carriers are just calling in and saying, like, yeah, I'm not coming in today. There's too much snow. Maybe. Yeah, that, I don't know. That's, that's, that's their rule. That's like, <laughs> that's what's, they put it on the, on the top of their building in Washington, D.C. The mail must go through. Sleet. Well, like between rain, sleet, snow, whatever the, whatever the quote is. Robbie, how did you end this conversation with her? I, it, this is how it ended. Uh, well, oh, Okay. And we went back and sat there in the window in our warm living room and just watched her sit there for about a half an hour waiting for a tow truck. Did you offer her a warm drink or to come into the house and get warm? Probably could have, but I didn't. Too angry at that I, point. I, I was angry, but I was, I was so taken aback. My The USPS broke my attempt at human decency that all other thoughts of human decency were just blown up by this bureaucratic nonsense of are governmental agencies. And don't get tactical with me. I know it's kind of not really the same as a regular government agency. It's special. It's different. The USPS is in its own category. I'm not going to pretend to understand. I know it's different. But for simplicity's sake, let's just call it a government agency. I don't think anyone had a problem with you calling it a government agency. I was actually I just was trying to prevent. I was trying to prevent a bunch of emails that I was <laughs> going to get this week at afternoonerpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so I still want to break this down a little bit more. First question to both of you. Do you think the USPS has ever actually been sued over someone trying to help push one of their trucks out of the snow? Or is this just like this? The, the I problem doubt it. is it's a human policy because there's just fear of it. There's no actual person who's doing this. Yeah, I doubt they've been sued. I doubt they've been sued. No one sued them for that. I would think that there's been some sort of... So within policy and student development, we oh, every year there are new policies written directly related to something that happened that year. So I would think that this is a policy because something like this happened at one point. They're like, oh, we have to 
create this law in order to prevent this from See, happening but this again. Is, this is uh, I'm and, not justifying it, and I'm not picking on your 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 department that you work in. But this is just bad policy. When you write policy for these one exceptions or these one instance that happens, ideally you want to write policy, public policy, organizational policy. Yeah. That's a big umbrella that's covering a large swath of infractions or situations, Absolutely. not just one specific thing. Like, oh well, how about we write a policy for afternoon or LLC that. Every podcast, we're going to make sure to send a text out before to everyone so they know what time we're recording just because it happened one time. They're going to look at the state of Michigan when they review our LLC application later this year. They're going to look and say, man, that's a real specific bylaw they've created. Incredibly specific. I, well, don't you think that perhaps the policy is really vague and umbrella like a citizen may not come in contact or touch the male person, the male itself? The mail carrying truck. And so she's just using that as the Maybe. policy. She wasn't upset at me opening the door. She didn't seem too worried about me being inches away from huge crates of mail I could have just walked off with. So I bet you no one's ever been, the USPS has never been sued before, but I bet you they have fired someone over this before. Well, let's find out. Let's get someone on this podcast from the USPS. If you work for the USPS and if you've been fired for <laughs> letting someone help push you out of the snow, Call us at 517-798-6187. Or if you just know someone who has been fired by this governmental agency, tweet at us at the afternooner. Let us know. We'd love to talk with you about the insidious bureaucracy of the USPS. I'd, I'd also like to talk to a UPS carrier to see if we'd be allowed to push a UPS truck out of the snow. Yeah, I would like to know that too. So we're, we're, we're looking to contact a couple people. And uh, and we'll do that. And this has been another edition of Burning Bolton's Butt. It's they're one of my favorite things. I, I I hope you get angry this week as well because I'd love to have another one this week. But uh, I'm now I'm sorry. Yeah, go I ahead. I need to interrupt. Ahead. I'm on a website. It looks like law students use this website in order to study cases that have taken place within the United States as they're studying for their bar exams. In typing in the search box U.S. Postal Service, I got over 50,000 hits for different civil cases involving the United States Postal Service. So we just need to take the rest of this year off <laughs> and shift, you know, sift through those 50,000 cases and see well, if Rob, the any... same way I'm sifting through all the mail I stole this, this Robbie, this let's just weekend. do an academic conference paper on uh, litigation amongst the USPS and American citizens. We could easily get that published we... somewhere. <laughs> It only has to be 15 minutes, 20 minutes long. <laughs> we just reading the titles of these cases alone is going to get us there. So we are going to contact the USPS this week. And I want to give an update because, Robbie, you are on fire right now. You are contacting people and, I, and doing some great things. I, I've, I've, just to be clear, I've not actually followed up on the second thing. Oh, wow. I, We've, yeah, you're giving me too much credit. I am giving you too much credit. I did follow up on the lug nuts thing, and we got it a yes. fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and I did send you some emails and gave you a template that I was thinking about sending for a freedom of information request to North Carolina State. After you emailed me back with one suggestion and one minor change, I've done nothing with it. So you can send that out tomorrow morning? I, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> send it. Are you sending this through the mail? I actually... I have, like a, I have a physical address for them, and I am having a hard time finding like the email address for these requests to North Carolina State or the person. So it actually seems more direct to send it through snail mail. Well, I think maybe a postscript about a long postscript 
about the story that just happened to you involving the USPS that to, ends to with, North Carolina yes, State that ends with crazy, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> just the end of the. Uh, the request for an FOI is only a couple sentences long, but then your postscript should be a good eight sentences that ends in crazy, right? What a world. Sad. When I add snow to the search engine, that cuts it down to 1,081 cases. We are on our way. That's all I got. All right, so I want to get to pressing sports-related matter that's on our minds here at the Afternooner Sports Podcast the College of the Holy Cross. <laughs> and this is somewhat sports related because one of our specialties and our ish areas of focus with the Afternoon Sports Podcast are sports mascots. And for some reason, colleges and educational institutions, colleges and universities, public schools, they feel the need that they can't have athletic competition against other schools without having some caricature or animal or rallying cry symbol to uh to get excited about to engage their fans so the college of the holy cross a boston area catholic school is it jesuit jesuit, jesuit. not jesuit. just catholic not just regular catholic but jesuit catholic just about i mean i guess this isn't true there's probably some franciscan colleges but most catholic colleges are jesuit aren't they i mean there's some dominican are there yeah, oh, yeah like ohio dominicans one yeah. anyway a lot of jesuit schools so out there. so their mascot name holy cross crusaders uh-oh Sounds great. It's <laughs> first rule of improv. <laughs> so, holy crusaders for some might not realize is an offensive term. Crusaders for, some, for Christ. Crusaders What's offensive for Christ, about that? Dating back to the crusades that some people might object to this is a dark period for uh in Christianity. Um there were some that were persecuted during the crusades. So, for years, alumni and friends of the university have been asking, should we be uncomfortable with the name Crusader? Should we consider changing it? So Holy Cross, I don't know how long has it been, a, a year or so, they've been doing their due diligence, investigating, do we want to change our mascot name from the Crusaders to something else? And are we okay with it? Before the board announced their decision, the school newspaper, which is editorially free from the board of trustees, the school newspaper, which is named The Crusader, decided to change their name. To what? Do you know? I honestly don't know. It doesn't matter. Their, their school newspaper is not The Crusader anymore. If they called it The School Newspaper, I am all on board. <laughs> just Holy Cross. And this the, the title, School Newspaper. <laughs> but about a week after, the president, and I'm, I'm not sure their organizational structure, I think they have a Jesuit priest I think who's in charge of the school. Yeah, I think generally at a Jesuit school, the president is a Jesuit priest. And then the pres president of the board, chair of the board, may release a joint statement that Holy Cross would not change its name. So They would remain their crusaders. So the student newspaper at the College of Holy Cross in Massachusetts shared its name with a Ku Klux Klan publication, and that's why part of the reason they decided to change it, they changed it to... The Spire. The Spire? The Spire. S-P-I-R-E? The new name uh, points to the two twin spires on campus, Fenwick Hall and the Jesuit schools. Um, I guess just another building that's not named. So there are two buildings with tall peaks, and that's why they're called the Spire. But I would posit they should change that to the Spires. Yeah. Well, yeah, Spire. 
Is that plural? Can you no, say you're the, referring the, to just one of them? Their new na- newspaper is named The Spire, but there are twins. Oh, it's the twin spires of Fenwick Hall. So Fenwick Hall is the oldest building on campus. They're naming it after th- that. They're naming it, has, it after the shape, not one of the particular spires. Which yeah, I which guess. spire are they naming it after? Sure. The shape. I'll, I'm You're not up. satisfied. I, with I that. agree with Billy. It should have an S on the end. Well, here's the thing I don't understand. Are they suggesting that they change the school newspaper name not because of the medieval connotations of the Crusader, but because of some random KKK publication that no one in their right mind has ever heard of? Like that's their reason for changing it? I mean, maybe that's their are are there still people who point to the Crusades as a good thing? No. Because that would be why I would see them coming up with a different excuse is if their administrators like, hey, you can't say the Crusades were bad and that's why you're changing the name because you need you need to find something else. So like, well, there's a super obscure Ku Klux Klan publication and we're gonna change it because of that. Yeah, it's possible. I mean the the, the idea of the Crusades, so in the Holy Cross statement from the board and the president they're saying, well, yes. And they said, we know oh. that there are some political associations. However, the, the word is more than that. And I don't know if they use the term rehabilitate it, but they want to rehabilitate this idea. Time out. I uh, didn't continue. Re- this is what happens when you do your research live. An editorial Friday said the change had nothing to do with the nominal association with a poorly circulated KKK newspaper, but because of the violence and massacres okay. of... The medieval crusade. Well, so they just happen to share the same makes with the sense. That Speak, makes sense. Speaking of publications named the Crusader, I, sorry, I really want to get back to the spires thing because they're <laughs> they are two separate spires. You've got a large building with two spires, and then the building continues. They are. Vi- it's not like they're right next to each other. There's got to be like sixty to hundred feet in between these two. So spires. is it possible? If here's here's where it'd be acceptable to just go with the spire is if the newspaper editorial offices are in one of the spires. Yes. Then I'd be, okay, the spire, and they're choosing the left one or the right one. Or if there's some sort of man-beast living in one of the spires who looks from atop the bells, looking down at everybody, thinking, like, if only I could be like them, and he occasionally finds a beautiful woman that he wants to, like, swoop and live with, but, alas, his hideous looks won't allow him, then I think it's okay. The name change was actually made without input from the administration, because the editorial board of the school newspaper is separate and run by students. Correct. But don't you think they're naming it after the shape? The sh- aspire is a shape. Yes, but those are the, you know, when students say like, oh, the spire, then they're thinking the newspaper. But before the newspaper, if they say, oh, the spire, wouldn't your response be which one? So if this wasn't a newspaper, if, if Holy Cross decided to change their name from Crusader and they went with the spire, would that would, would you be okay with that, Brent? How would you feel about the spire? Uh, good question. If it it's had a, fighting in front of it, would that be better? The fighting spires. I mean, no I, spire, singular. Oh, the fighting spire. Well, no, I'm not okay with it. Now I'm on Billy's side here because when you're naming a team, it's got to be plural. You, Utah Jazz are the only exception to this. The name needs to be plural. What? Every time there's a team name that's singular, like a collective singular, it's no good. Time out. What about this though? What if the mascot image is a singular spire? But it's built up out of all sort of diff- like you know, gymnastic likes people. That's the mascot. They're they're you know on e- on top of each other's shoulders. They're holding each other's arms, and they create a spire. No, the only way I'm going with spire is number one, if it's the spires, mm-hmm. and number two, 
their actual mascot is just like a tower with a peak yeah. that he's charging like a rhino with the peak facing out and he's clearly going to hurt so like he is coming in to joust someone with that <laughs> very very sharp spire and that, then i think you you the, the, the spires and that's a great name Robbie, I think you were going to mention something about the Crusader as a mascot or a newspaper title. As a newspaper title, I don't know if you guys know this, but our employer, Spring Arbor University, the current school newspaper is the Spring Arbor University Pulse. The Pulse. But it used to be the Crusader. It did. I was and a student here when it changed. Really? I think it was my was first year it changed or else it, yeah, I think maybe, I don't know if I was a student here. What? No, I think it was a Crusader when I was a student. And here. I don't know what the impetus for the change was, if it was people that remember how terrible the Crusades were, I've, speaking out of how, that, hey, we're offended by this. I'm I not sure what the ob- impetus for the change. Sorry, it was an obscure, you know, association with a Ku Klux Klan publication. <laughs> that wasn't, well. So um, yeah, do you, did either of you guys get the sense, is, was this a, were other people pushing Holy Cross to change your mascot, change your school name, or was this more of an internal decision that people from within Holy Cross are considering changing the name. I don't know. I don't know other schools that are called the Crusaders anymore, but you know, I I I don't care whether they changed it or not. I don't I don't find the term crusader to be particularly offensive. I mean the 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 root word there is cruz, which is just cross, right? Uh so you're carrying the cross and I think their suggestion is like, well that isn't just the Crusades. And uh, cynically, cynically, can I say, most of the people who I think would be offended by that term couldn't fill a wet paper bag with what they actually know about the Crusades. <laughs> like, they couldn't fill a tweet with actual historical knowledge about the Crusades. I, I feel like we've talked about this before, but I, I always come back to why do we, why do these colleges think they have to have a mascot? Do they, couldn't they get by without one? I don't like that line of thinking at all. And frankly, I'm a little upset that it's coming out of this podcast. We, you started this story by saying how much we are mascot experts. And now you're suggesting that the thing that we're an expert at is stupid and doesn't matter. No, yeah, mascots yeah. matter. They're fun. They have to matter. We don't have a podcast. It's probably like 30% of our podcast time. It's not existing. What if what if they came to a compromise and they said we're going to remain the Crusaders, but our actual mascot will either be some non sequitur or some ridiculous looking foolish knight who runs around like some sort of Don Quixote, almost, almost like the Stanford Stanford Cardinals, which, which their tree. mascot yeah. is a tree. Yeah, exactly. which is confusing to me. I, I maybe if maybe a Stanford person could explain it to us, but why is that a tree? Why is that their mascot? But they go by the cardinals. Is that because the cardinal lives in the tree? Well, I thought the Catholic Church had put pressure on them to change the mascot <laughs> imagery because of the association with the phrase cardinal. cardinals. <laughs> okay, with Crusaders, it's not cardinals. The same with Alabama Crimson Tide. Their mascot is an elephant. Or the Oakland Athletics. Well, also an elephant, Also right? an elephant, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I do think, I, I don't want to leave the idea of if you're going to keep Crusader, can we have a Don Quixote-like knight. So if you've read Don Quixote, then you know Quixote was old and uh, ridiculous looking. He's gotten his teeth bashed out. He had a helmet made out of cardboard. He was this ridiculous looking knight on this puny little horse. I, I think if you have an like ironic, impotent knight instead of some powerful knight, then that's, an, that's a happy compromise for everybody. Mm, deal. You sold me. <laughs> okay, so we've just solved another problem in the world of mascots. Holy Cross, if you want to talk to us more about the solution we just came up with, call us. 517-798-6187. 
You know, I didn't get to my solution though. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You... I think they should change their name okay. because Crusaders is a little, just a touch offensive. Also, and it's I mean, kind of the Holy it's... Cross crosses <laughs> because it's Crusade. <laughs> but I, a name that I think they should consider Holy Cross Isley Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they could sing Shout. One of several shouts during the song. Or yeah, during I mean, the, the marching band would have a field day. They that would be that'd be their school song. Whatever it is now that you force the people to learn the words to or the melody to, change it to one of those Isley Brothers songs. I do think if they have a school song, it's worth looking up to see if there's any language that suggests like taking over infidel lands and things like that in the actual school song. So, so we've talked before about like uh, other mascot situations, like. Uh, Amherst College, they changed it from Lord. It was Lord Jeff. Lord Jeff, mm-hmm. and what we didn't like the outcome. What they changed it to? I don't. Well, remember. they didn't go with fighting poets. They went with mastodons, right? And there was yeah, already a jumbos already... in the conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tuff, wasn't Tufts, Tufts University College jumbos, which we love. But so, so like Lord Jeff. Uh, I mean, he started. He was the founder of the town Amherst. Jeffrey, Lord Jeff, Amherst. Jeffrey Amherst, and they named the school after him. He's was that like. Early 1800s? I mean, what was his era? Yes, uh, he was British, so I pre, pre-revolution. pre All right, so 200 years ago, right? 250? Yeah, there you, you go. You says pre-revolution, but anyway. So it's like a couple hundred years ago since he maybe died. Whatever. And they changed his name because, hey, he, he was this bad person. The Crusades, for people saying the Crusades, the Crusades are what, a thousand years ago? Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it's like 11th century, 12th century. Pope Urban II makes his speech in, I think, like 1095. So are we less of, is, is it, can they stay with Crusades because it's, hey, it's uh, enough time has passed that the tragic has become comic. Tragedy has become comedy. I mean, it's like, like it's okay because it's a thousand years ago. So if, if Lord Jeff- I don't think Jeff, it's funny because it was funny, a thousand years ago. Not, it's not funny. It's not funny. I don't it was think not it my point. It was not my point. A little well, funny. You're trying to tell us it's a little you're funny. You're kind of smiling. I'm just saying, is it is it less offensive because it's uh it's a thousand years ago instead of two two hundred years ago? Well, can we take Spartans? The Michigan State Spartans. These these are not like when you say a Spartan, you are talking about a city state that was not the home of democracy like Athens. Like the 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 rivalry between Athens and Sparta. Sparta was these these raging warriors, right? They're or the Vikings, right? It's not as though when the, the I mean, the Viking was a culture, but when you're, you're clearly patterning after a Viking warrior who did some pretty nasty raping and pillaging and plundering. So is it just because of the politics behind the religious war and not that it's not cultural enough or that, that it's still too close to us, that we've remembered what the Crusades are, but when you call them the Oakland Raiders, then no one thinks <laughs> about that a raider is just someone who goes and pillages, right? Or the pirates, like... If you were a pirate, you were an outlaw who stole and murdered and plundered and raped. I mean, that's what made you a pirate. Yeah, so if the Pittsburgh franchise, the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team, if they, let's say they were bought and they moved to Somalia, are they still going to retain the name Somali Pirates? Does that just hit a little too close to home? <laughs> that, is a fa- I, that is a fantastic hypothetical. And uh, Rob Rob Manfred, baseball and Major League Baseball Commissioner, if you haven't thought of expanding to Somalia, <laughs> you should put that high in your priority list to look the at your Mogadishu next- Mogadishu Pirates. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think you make a great, I, I didn't know where you were going at first with the Crusades and Crusaders and time, 
But now I think you're making a great point. We're being, it's just like the, the Amherst College stuff. They had to change Lord Jeffs, but they wouldn't change Amherst College. Yeah, like the other, the other thing is if like the Crusades are this general idea, it's not a person. No, you know, we're, we're like Lord Jeff is like this one person and we know we have documented evidence that he advocated giving Native Americans uh what were the what were the blankets? Were they smallpox blankets? Smallpox blankets. So we have documented evidence that he had at least one bad deed. And he probably had more, but he had at least one bad deed that we can point to this one thing. Where if I I mean I don't know enough about the Crusades to say, hey, here's one bad apple. If what if Holy Cross was named after that one person who personifies what is wrong about the crusades well I, yeah the crusades there are multiple and they do come from an idea of there are people in trouble in what we call today the mid-east these are christians that from the christian lands we want to protect i think they should just compromise and call it the children's crusaders because there was a children's crusade which was not really a crusade which was getting a whole bunch of like street urchins onto a boat and saying that they were going to the crusades but really they just then sold them into slavery i've heard of it <laughs> Yeah, so, I vaguely have heard. So of that. these are sort of—I mean, they're not a, technically pirates who did this, but they're kind of pirates who did that. So we're okay. They, were they, they the Pittsburgh pirates Mogadishu. or the Mogadishu pirates? Mogadishu pirates. But you can't look if you look at the pirates. They got the the patch on and the skull and crossbones. And anyway, let's just compromise and call them the Children's Crusaders. And uh, remember, and one of the more horrifying moments of of the Crusades. So there, we've solved it. We've given them multiple options. I think it's we're okay that they've decided to remain crusaders. We're fine. But they could do better. They could do better if we were to give them a list of mascot names. Spires is is Spires is great. Is, take the lead from your school newspaper. The Isley Brothers also great. The the Holy Cross Isley Brothers. Or or the Holy Cross <laughs> Twist and Shouts. I was going to say like the Shouters. <laughs> People would love to play band at Holy Cross. Anyway, we've given you multiple solutions, Holy Cross. Contact us. We can fix all your problems. That goes for all you Afrigooners out there as well. We, we can fix all your problems too. Is it almost time for us to start thinking about doing a, a love episode again where we give dating advice? We're not going to get it in before Valentine's Day, but the answer to that is always yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Afternooner Sports Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Tweet at us, at the Afternooner. We're also on Facebook. I always forget to mention that. We're also on Facebook if that's your thing. I mean, if you're over 40. Until next time. It kind of sounded like we were getting to another Burning Bolton's butt there. I'm going to save that for next time. All right. So long. Bye-bye. A little bit louder now. A little bit louder now. A little bit louder now.